Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Friends Missing Friends. Today, I talked to Audrey. She's a writer and editor extraordinaire and a dear friend of mine. And in fact, in 2021, she was my editor for the memoir about friendship and grief that I've been working on. And I gotta say, honestly, I could not have written those first drafts without her. In today's conversation, Andre and I talked about the loneliness and unique grief of losing a friend, and specifically in her experience, grieving a friend who passed away unexpectedly just a few weeks after they met. They were just starting to become really close. Every loss of a friend is unique and different, and yet there are some universal feelings and experiences that so many of us can relate to. There were some things Audrey said that it was like she was reading my mind. It was honestly crazy. Just one of the many reasons why I think it's so important we share our stories. Just a heads up, the topic of suicide comes up in this conversation. So please take care of yourself, and if you or someone you know is experiencing a suicide crisis or mental health-related distress, you can call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, formerly known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, at 988. Again, the number is 988. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Audrey. So when we talked a couple months ago, we talked about this experience I had where I was just getting to know another girl, young woman. Um, We were both in undergrad. Um, I think she was a little bit further along than me. I think I might have been a junior and she was a senior. And I was thinking about this today and I can't even remember where we met. Um, We were both involved in theater, Mm -hmm. and so we probably met through that, and it was this really, like, sort of instant connection. Um, She was super edgy and cool. She had her hair sort of dyed black and cut in this, like, pretty punky way, which Mm -hmm. I thought was awesome, Um, and I'm sort of that way myself, Um, and we just ended up having this kind of instant connection and started hanging out and we were right in that friendship phase of like you know chit-chatting about the bands we grew up listening to and stuff like that like you know certainly Mm -hmm. not at a stage where um where you know we were telling each other our deepest darkest secrets right but in that like that kind of um I don't know, like early honeymoon phase of friendship, like maybe like swinging up into that phase where like we might have stayed up all night talking, right? We weren't quite there, Mm, but like we would meet at this crepe shop, um, which was either, it was always playing either like death metal or very like do, do, do French music. Like, I don't know, like (laughs) Frenchy jazz. And there was like no in between, like during the day it was Frenchy jazz and then it would hit like 6 PM and they were open till like nine or 10. And then, like, the weird guys who worked there would, like, play, like, death metal as they were making crepes, which was really funny. Um, So we met at this <laughs> crepe shop a couple times and had crepes. And she was super, super funny and lovely. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of – it's the way all of my lifelong friendships have started, right? That kind of, like mm-hmm. – um, I don't know. Like, I think about – 
This is so silly. I think about like the claymation movie of Rudolph and he gets super excited when like the sweet little girl deer likes him. And he says, she likes me. She really likes me. And like, that's totally how I felt. It was like, oh my God, this person's really cool. And she likes me. Like she wants to hang out. Like, Mm -hmm. um, especially because I don't think, um, I've always been a person who, when I have friendships, they tend to be like really like ride or die intense friendships. And I have like one, two, three at a time like I was never mm-hmm. like um friendship hasn't always come easy like mm-hmm. I don't know sometimes I go out to dinner and I see um these huge like bachelorette parties and I'm like where do you <laughs> get all those women <laughs> like how do you know, know? Right? <laughs> like nine women that you can like have wear this like weird wig and like a like little t-shirt that says team bride like I would have to like hire actors like they used to do like Victorian funerals to be my like bridesmaids if I wanted that um because like I don't even know that many women um or men or anyone so so like when you would like get hired mourners I would have to get like hired bridesmaids so so it was this like very intense initial initial connection but also for me like that feels extremely like special um because mm-hmm. you know it's like there have been a couple times throughout my childhood where like I had a really crummy time transitioning to a new school when I was a middle schooler and I like had no friends like mm. none for a year two years like truly none like every day was like what lunch table do I sit at that's going to be the least rejection oh, the right worst. like yeah so like I really it's something I really don't take lightly I guess um it's always felt like that's a very valuable, valuable thing. So that's sort of how mm. our friendship started. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I don't remember where we first met. It had to have been through theater. But um, I just remember getting crepes and just like laughing and laughing. Oh, that's so sweet. And um, yeah. may I ask her first name? Yeah, her name's Sarah. How long were you kind of in that honeymoon friendship phase? Um, honestly, like two, three weeks before she passed away. Um, oh man, which I think is why it was so surprising. Um, and I was thinking about this today too. Like, it wouldn't have been easier had I known her longer. Like, n- nothing can make that feel easier or better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about it being so in this like glorious beginning that mm-hmm. made it so surprising. Um, though I think it would have been surprising at any time, right? Like we were, I want to say I must have been just 20. I'd probably just turned 20. Um, and she was maybe 20 or maybe 21. Um mm-hmm. So much too young for anybody to go. Um, yeah. But uh, I found out uh, they sent this, you know, when you're going to a school and a student dies, they send, the administration sends this email. And mm-hmm. This has happened a couple times. Um, though this is the first time it was someone I really, really knew and was connected to. Um, 
where they send, like, we regret to inform you that over this break, so-and-so passed away, our thoughts are with her family, whatever, that very sort of standard email. And so I got that email, and I looked at it, and I didn't even, like, read it. Like, I sort of, like, glanced at it, and I, like, assumed I wouldn't know that person. Right, Um And I deleted it. Um, And my roommate came home and she was like, I'm so sorry, Odd. And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, And she was like, Sarah. And I was like, Anne? Like, what are you talking about? Um, Mm. And she was like, didn't you get that email? And I was like, that wasn't about Sarah. And she was like, it was like, yeah, it it was Sarah. Like she died. Um, and mm. I like, I sort of flipped out. Like I honestly, um, I feel bad about it, but mm-hmm. I like kind of yelled at her. Um, mm-hmm. I just like, didn't believe it. I was like, no, I really like sort of yelled, like, no, it's not at her. Um, and got pretty angry. Um, but it was. But we went home for a break. Um, and I think it was Thanksgiving. And uh, she completed suicide. Um, which mm. is just extremely sad. That's so sad. Yeah, I'm so sorry. She's a really beautiful person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times when that happens, people have a lot of feelings of like, I could have done something or said something or been there. And I don't exactly feel Mm -hmm. that way because like, I mean, we were just like in the throes of a new friendship, right? It wasn't, it wasn't time for either of us to talk. We'd, honestly, we joked a little bit about mental health and stuff. I've struggled with mm-hmm. depression myself since probably puberty, maybe before. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'd kind of joked about like, haha, I'm weird because my mental health is crappy or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We're both kind of punky, alternative-ish people. I feel like that's a normal subject for such people to joke about. Like we'd both been like sort of former emo kids, um, which we'd laughed about a lot. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, I knew it was a struggle of hers, but I certainly didn't know how bad. I mean, I was just right on the edge of like, you know, that first big cracking open where you start like really divulging those important pieces of yourself. Um and I don't, I don't have a fantasy that I could have fixed it or anything like that. Just that um, it was part of, I think, the surprise that um, I didn't know. So that would be so surprising. I mean, yeah, like you yeah. said, it doesn't. It's like not even like if you knew her more it would make it less of a surprise but it's also a surprise kind of in a different way maybe 
Yeah, I think just in a different way. Um, like, I don't think anything ever prepares you to lose a friend. Um, I don't think anybody, no. anything ever could prepare anyone to lose um, someone to suicide, even if there's a history that you know about. Actually, uh, a friend of mine just lost someone who I never knew um, oh, no. that he knew had been struggling greatly. Um, oh, my God. And it was still a, a huge surprise to him, you know, even though he knew, like, he was there honestly, through other attempts and things like that. Um, and I don't think it's, I, I, well, maybe that's not true. I can't speak for everyone's experience, of course, but like, I don't, it's hard for me to imagine ever feeling prepared. Um, yeah. Or not surprised, but I don't know. It almost feels like there should be this like magical bubble that encases that like amazing kind of, puppy love first friendship feeling of like you know everything they say is extremely funny and like mm -hmm. you know they're like everything they say is surprising and exciting because you don't know them that well but you're like oh we connect about that oh we connect about that amazing right like that like I mean it, it makes me almost feel like like sort of almost drunk like that kind of oh, like yeah. starry-eyed drunk feeling. Totally. Um, and I mean, I'm, it's like falling in love, right? And like, mm -hmm. it, it, there's no right time. There's no good time. There's no okay time. But like something about it being like right at the start of something, like right in this magical upswing. Um. She was so freaking funny and so smart and so beautiful um, that, mm. like, it, it never even crossed my mind. It'd be extremely strange if it did cross my mind, but, like, it just felt like, uh, I mean, it felt like getting hit by a truck. Was there any sort of support that you were able to get at the school or did you kind of, was there support that you wish that you had gotten? Um, <laughs> I did go see a school counselor um, and there was a teacher of mine who was amazing and like really noticed like I was suddenly struggling. Mm -hmm. um, not so much with my grades. I just, I was like so very much clearly not myself. Um, and pulled me aside and was like, what's wrong? Um, and she suggested I go to a school counselor. So I saw this counselor and she suggested that I write a letter to Sarah and just say like anything to her that I wanted to say. So that felt somewhat helpful. Um, but... I almost like it wasn't as much about what I needed to say to her. It's like I wanted to be able to hear her still, you know, mm -hmm. like know more about her. Like, 
you know, I knew a tiny bit about her family, but I don't know hardly anything about her family. Like we were just starting to get to know each other. And like, I really felt like every new thing I learned about her was this like beautiful jewel that was like beautiful or funny or like such a cool way of putting that or such a funny way of seeing the world. And there were so many things we like really like had a mutual love for in childhood. Um, like even really like stupid cringy things. Like we both had a crush on Gerard way from my Chemical <laughs> romance, right? Like, Aww. but like the way she talked about it was like so um, funny and irreverent. Right. And like more than like, I wish I could have shared more with her. Like I wish she could have shared more with me, you know? And, um, and like, I mean, I can write every letter in the world, but like, I am not going to be able to have that. Thank you for sharing. Um, must be really hard to go back to that intense emotion. Yeah. And it's not a place I go that often. Um, you know, I've talked about it a little bit, but it's so funny. It almost it, like it feels so out of time. If I if I had been friends with her friends, or she'd been friends with my friends, or something like that, like I feel like I'd have people to sort of share that with. But even my friends that I still have from that time, I mean, truly remember her as like your friend that died. Like I mean, she they don't remember her as a person they didn't mm. know her um yeah. so that kind of makes me sad too that like I I guess I feel like I'd maybe talk about her less than she deserves I, and also I don't want to make anybody bummed out or uncomfortable you know like it's um it's not a happy story yeah and it's hard to know like when to bring it up you know if the especially if the people don't know them and it's like you might want to talk about them, but it's so hard to find that opening, I feel like. I I have yeah. trouble finding it. I don't know. Yeah. And when you find that opening, like, I don't know. Like, even if, like, I was talking to someone about, like, something that she would have loved, if I was like, you know, Sarah would have loved this, they would be like, who? And then I would say, my friend who died. And then the whole, you know, even – even if it was something positive, something she would have found funny, um, it feels like I then sort of have to explain and everything spirals back to it being very sad, which, you know, a lot of my memories of our friendship are sad now, but I also want to remember mm -hmm. her, like, freaking cracking up. Um when some stupid song came on at the crepe shop, you know, <laughs> um, and like, I want to remember her laughing and smiling because there were those moments too. Um, but it is, it's sort of hard to find exactly where to like wedge that in to my life without her. Yeah. Especially like you said that you don't have, don't really have mutual friends with her. Yeah, none, none, um, which is strange. Um, 
And I have friends who remember me struggling with this, but um, but they didn't know her. So they only really know her in the context of that loss. And because also because our friendship and the loss are so close together, you know, that also makes mm -hmm. some sense, right? You know, I think she went over to my dorm room maybe once, twice, but. I mean, truly, it was just, it was right at the, right at the part where the beginning might have started to bridge into the middle, right? Um, mm. Like, yeah. So, it's hard to figure out where to put it. Yeah, that's something I feel like I've, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, mm. How it can be hard to know where to put the grief, which is essentially mm. like the love. And it's yeah. especially hard to know where to put it if we don't have like an easily accessible way to do that. Yeah, it's hard. And like, I think like, I don't know, like with... You know, this is a completely different loss, especially because this is an older person who died pleasantly in their sleep, as we should all hope to. But, like, even, like, my dad and I talk about my grandmother, right? Like, we we talk about mm -hmm. her and stuff. And this is just such a strange and kind of slippery loss for me because I don't know where where to share it or who to share it with. Because um, it is different talking to someone who knew that person versus talking to someone for whom it's just sort of a story you're telling mm -hmm. about your past, right? Like mm -hmm. there's something very different. So, and I'm sure you experience that all the time. Yeah, it is different. Yeah. It's there's something very healing about, and I think I even said this to you about saying to mm. some like a mutual whoever friend family member like oh my gosh, don't you remember when blah 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 or like when she mm. did this or said that, and it's yeah. so hard when you can't do that. It's easier to I think share those happy memories with people who like saw them happy and there and like in the flesh realized right. Um, it doesn't end up just being the story of my friend who passed away. You know, mm -hmm. it feels like we're talking about this person we both loved. I've struggled a lot with like feeling, You know, because I, I wasn't her best friend, right? I wasn't her boyfriend. I wasn't her sibling. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I was just barely becoming something important to her. Um, so I've also struggled a lot with, like, you know, it breaks my heart, but I am not. This is also a classic struggle for me is, like, I, I'm not the primary site of trauma and therefore, my feelings are not worth discussing is kind of like sort of a classic. And that's not, of course, true. 
Um, mm. And everyone's feelings are worth time and discussion and care. But I really struggle with um, seeing other people as sort of the primary hurt person. And so I need to kind of put up and shut up to take care of the primary hurt person or to not cause more pain to the primary hurt person. Um, and so I really struggle with the idea of like reaching out or something because I'm sort of like, who the hell am I to be like, I don't know, can we talk or whatever? Mm. Yeah. So. You've touched on something that I think is way more common than people have even said out loud yet. Because I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I've talked to other people who felt the same way when they lost a friend. Because there is that fear and that feeling that the family and the partners mm. have more claim. And that mm -hmm. we need to, like, I don't know, like, stay away or, or respect their boundaries, which... I struggle with that because there might be some truth to that, but that also doesn't mean that we should completely discount our feelings. And it just, it's so, it just sucks. Yeah, like, it's complicated. And it's so funny because I think about like, it, in anyone I've loved and lost, right? If somebody reached out to me and was like, I would love to hear a little bit more about what this person's life was like, I would be like, absolutely. I'm dying to talk about that person. I love them. I care about mm. them. You know, I know, like, my response would never be like, how dare you? I'm over here doing grief that's more important than yours, right? Like, I, I can't even imagine wording a response like that. And so, you know, you also have to trust people to set their own boundaries. And that, you know, all of that. I've been through a lot of right. therapy. That's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> right, all of that stuff. <laughs> um, um my therapist laughs at me all the time. He's like, you've clearly had a lot of therapy because I will circle his job around for him um, <laughs> going like, you know, and I know I'm dismissing my feelings right now and I know my feelings are supposed to be valid, but actually I feel like my feelings aren't valid. Like <laughs> I already know, I, you know, I know the like right answer is that like, of course, like you have to be open to that person's boundaries, but you can't just expect them to reject you or whatever the fantasy of terribleness is. Um, right. But the idea of actually going like online, finding this person, opening an email or a message or something and writing something is like true. I mean, terrifying. Like mm -hmm. I, um, it's a little martyr complex of like, I'd rather just be in pain over here by myself than accidentally cause someone else more pain, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. That's so hard. I think it also perturbs me because in some ways she's such a mystery to me still because there were so many questions I didn't get to ask and have answers to. Right. Um, mm -hmm. That maybe had I been able to go somewhere and hear other people talk about her and get this like clearer portrait of her life because I only knew this one beautiful and exciting but small sliver I think maybe that would have helped yeah um, process yeah. it because it felt almost like 
not like my imaginary friend had died, right? Like, but this really weird feeling of this massive thing has happened for me. And everybody who knows me is like, oh, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Right? Like they, I mean, they had no emotion Mm -hmm. around it or anything. So I was having this like, I mean, bomb go off in my life. And everyone was like, oh, like there was a bomb. Sorry, it exploded, but I didn't even like, right? Like they oh, had no idea. Yeah. Um. So that felt like, not like gaslighty, but almost like, I, I truly, I mean, it almost felt like I was like losing my grip on reality a little bit um, because there was like no one else there to say like, like no one else was like reflecting my emotional state. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Um, like when you're walking around through life, like going to class, doing your thing, whatever. And like inside you're like a storm and everyone else is like, oh, we got a paper to write or whatever. Like, you know, like it, it was just really strange that my internal world felt so terrible and the external world didn't reflect that at all like it was like nothing happened you know yeah that's a very lonely place to be and I actually was it's crazy that you used the word gaslit even though you you said maybe not gaslit but yeah (laughs) I was just reflecting this the other day and I I had a different experience than you but there were little Mm. slivers of similarities and yeah I felt a little bit gaslit by the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, how dare you look the same and have to funk like, like there's a hole in my life, but it doesn't seem like there's a hole in the fabric of the world. It's just like, you're supposed to like pretend you're fine. Um, and everyone else kind of is fine. Like just really, um, just like a nightmare. And I felt so different, but everything else stayed the same. Oh, it's the worst. I really did, when I was in that space as well, mm. I kind of felt like I was losing my sanity a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, and even, like, this horrible, weird feeling of, like, did I make this up? Like, almost like, did I make up how intense this friendship felt to me and how intense this loss is feeling? Because, like, like, I I know I didn't make it up. Like, I know, like, rational brain here says, like, no, like, you didn't make it up. You really cared about a person. Um, But I have all these, like, weird feelings around, like, we weren't lifelong best friends. You know, we weren't even current best friends. We were just at this, like, beautiful start of something exciting it almost feels like I have this like weird imposter syndrome around my own emotions like am I faking Mm. them like which yeah of course not and also like god if I was gonna fake emotions I'd fake happier ones right like (laughs) (laughs) like I'd pick a different one why would I pick this one (laughs) (laughs) this emotion sucks um no Like, I don't know, like, if I was going to, like, make some, if I was going to fake anything, it wouldn't be, God, the tragic loss of a friend, like, way too young. Like, I would fake that I had a million dollars or something. Like, I'd fake something fun. <laughs> this is so of horrible. Um, but I think because, like, 
it felt so extremely lonely and it felt like the rest of the world didn't change. And because, of course, it wasn't my private explosion. There were so many people affected by this, but I didn't know them and I couldn't see them. So it felt like my private explosion. Right. That it almost felt like I was going to wake up one day and not it wasn't even just real that she hadn't passed, but like that I had never known her at all. It was this very um, strange feeling that I felt like I was feeling much too much. Oh, man. It's it's interesting because it's like it's almost even though we had different experiences, it's like you're taking yeah. words out of my head. But I think when you say, like, I lost my friend, people are, like, really unsure what to do with that. Like, No, I think that's true, especially if, um, especially because the word friend is so vast. It can explain yes. anywhere from, like, someone slightly above an acquaintance to, like, your soulmate. You know, like, yeah. it could, it's just. Completely. There, I, I, it's almost like I wish there was a better word for it. I don't know. Yeah, or different words for different types of friends. And even like with you know a couple people I'm so lucky to have in my life, I struggle even to call them my friends. Like one person, one of my dear friends, I describe him like, if we didn't look so different, I would be worried that one of our fathers had gone astray and that we were secretly secret siblings or something like we are <laughs> I love that. like we are yeah. one soul in two bodies like he and I yeah. are yeah you know it's it's not my partner he's he's just a he's not just a friend though right like he is one of the great loves of my life he really is one of the great yeah. loves of my life it's not a romantic love um mm-hmm. Though we tried, it went terribly. <laughs> but like, he is, <laughs> uh, not terribly. It's just, you know, in the last lifetime, we were lovers. In the next lifetime, we will be twins. In this oh. lifetime, we are dear friends, right? Like, he is just oh. like, he is a fracture of my soul. We are yeah. one in that way. And I, I yes. mean, this is also, this is me and friendship, right? Like, I'm, I have acquaintances and I have friends that I'm like, we are one soul. <laughs> I don't have a lot of in-between. Um, <laughs> I love incredibly intensely. Um, I really struggle with, like, medium love. That's a hard place for me to be. I'm either like, I would go to prison for you or, like, I guess I know your name. Those are kind of my levels. Um, <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Uh, but, like, I think that's also why with, like, Sarah, like, I struggle, like, even saying, you know, I knew her for maybe a month, maybe a month, probably a little bit less. And I struggle with explaining, like, how much that meant, right, that mm-hmm. tiny little sliver of time, mm-hmm. like, she could have been so much to me and was becoming so much to me. And so I think it's just so hard to, how do you describe like, you know, your friend as in like a person you say hi to in class sometimes versus like someone Mm -hmm. who 
you know, is as important as anyone else, right? Like, and I love my, like, blood family, and I love my wonderful, wonderful partner. But I don't necessarily see that I love my friends less, right? Like, I think we think of friends as, like, you have, like, your family and romantic human. And then tier two is how much Mm -hmm. you're supposed to feel about your friends. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I I don't feel tier two. I know. I know. Can't they all be on the same tier? (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, I love them in different ways. Um, Though... I don't know, not worth bridging into probably. But honestly, I think even that is complicated. I think our delineations between like, this is my erotic romantic human and these are my humans that I like platonically, whatever that means. And there's never romanticism and there's never eroticism. It is completely platonic. So help us God. <laughs> I I think that's actually like, mm. why can't I hold my friend's hands? Ugh. But, like, my hairdresser was talking to me. I went and got my hair cut. And she was like, you know, and when I sleep over at my friend's, she listens to rain noises. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. It's super weird that I know she listens to rain noises because we sleep together because we're, like, having a sleepover. And I know we're adult women and we're not, like, sleeping together. But, like, we sleep in the same bed and we, like, snuggle. But that's so weird to tell you. And she got, like, all flustered and, like, freaked out. And I was like, it's not weird. Like, I think that's beautiful. I think that's sweet. Can I come? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be invited, please? I, oh my gosh. It's so interesting because I've been thinking about this a lot lately is that one reason why I think we all are wistfully think back to like childhood and how free we mm. were in, in many ways. In some ways, childhood can be mm. bad, but in the ways that we're, you know, we have slumber parties and sleepovers and we hold our friends' hands and we're not all weirded out by that yet until like yep. it becomes this – we're like so scared to show any sort of physical affection Completely. unless it leads to sex or something. Like what? It's so sad too that like romantic relationships are hard, right? Like they come and go. And this idea that like if you're not in a – romantic relationship like then you get no hugs is like fucked up oh my god but it's true because i have not been hugged in a long time and i'm not in a romantic relationship uh and it's weird car driving to chicago to give you a hug right now on my way (laughs) except actually i guess Uh, i went to the work conference and i did oh yeah several people but like before that no not in my everyday life i don't get hugged at all Uh. at all that's and I think that's true for a lot of people. A lot of people. I don't think we're really meant to live like that. And it's I don't think like, so. I wouldn't even consider myself touchy-feely. Um, in fact, I actually – I come – my culture called small-town Midwest. People are freaking huggers. <laughs> like Aww. I have a lot of memories of being like enveloped by people who I like barely knew and being like, why are you touching me? We're like, you're my like not friend's mom. 
Like, <laughs> your kid's actually really mean to me. You're my bully's mom. Why are you giving me this, like, warm embrace? <laughs> You're my um, mom. <laughs> like, this is very, very weird. Like, it, I mean, we totally, like, people are pretty huggy up here. Um, which, having been in Chicago now and, like, been a city person, I'm kind of like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, oh, it's a hug. This is what we do. <laughs> um, but, like, I actually, like, especially for my, like, culture or whatever, I'm not super huggy. Like, that's not mm-hmm. – I wouldn't consider my family, like, physically unaffectionate, but I wouldn't consider us super affectionate either. Um, but I do think culturally we are – freaking weird about physical touch and weird about friendships weird about putting them in this kind of like good day sir okay good day to you like box (laughs) like right so much so that when your hairdresser has a best friend for years and sometimes they sleep in the same bed as adults she like blushes and gets flustered and freaks out like that's not i don't want anyone to be embarrassed about that i think that that's so sweet and actually like i would love to have a slumber party Again, but yeah. I, I feel weird about being like, let's have a slumber party, but maybe I won't. I'll get over that and I'll just do it because do I it. people, I'm sure someone out there would want to do it. Uh, oh, my gosh. But, I think like everyone wants to. <laughs> That's we're the other thing. so starved for love. I think everyone is so yeah. freaking starved for love. Truly, truly, truly. I completely agree. And like, I think also sometimes like starving in a room full of food right like you have friends but there are these strange like societal kind of like mores or whatever that say like you can't put your head on your friend's lap and like screw that like there are people in this world who loves you that's who loves you who love you (laughs) but like on the subject of like friends missing friends you don't know how much time you have Like, you might have three weeks. And, like, hug that person, right? Like, braid their hair. Like, have a sleepover. You don't know, like, how long. Um, No, it's... Oh, my gosh. I just... This is why I want to talk to people about this. Because it's, like, showing that it's kind of a... A lot of these feelings are, I think, very common or more common than we realize. Yeah. And even just talking to you, like you're voicing things I've been thinking about recently as if it was this novel idea. <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, wait, right? no, this is a shared human like experience. It's like, Completely. why did I have to come to that conclusion on my own? I feel like, why aren't we yeah. talking about this more? You know? I completely agree. And like, <sighs> I don't know. I think the more we talk about our emotions, the less they feel so big and scary um, mm-hmm. and weird. Sort of around anything. Um, but I do think this is this is a funny one, you know? I think there are spaces for talking about certain arenas of loss and I'm sure they're imperfect spaces, but they exist. And I think this is kind of a funny um, arena where there aren't that many spaces to talk about it. You know, it's quite, um, 
healing, you know? Um, I think we turn to other people's stories to see ourselves reflected and not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. seems to be an area where those stories are, for some reason, not told the way other ones are. And so I think even in you talking about your story, it's going to help so many people feel like they're just less alone. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm uh I'm happy to have talked about it actually. It feels um it feels nice to spend an hour or so remembering her. That actually feels really nice. Thanks for listening. Friends Missing Friends is produced by me, Hannah Rumsey. Sound engineering is by co-producer Eric Siegling. Original music is also by Eric, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. See you next time.